the shepherd's pie sat in her stomach as heavy as a brick of regret <sighs> from the Velvet Ribbon 2020 by now, uh, Nadine Doris. <laughs> now, I know Nadine Doris gets a lot of stick for being very stupid because <laughs> she is thick. Um, <laughs> but I think she might have come up with 2023's groundbreaking MMO there in Bricks of Regret. <laughs> <laughs> which is a massively multiplayer online game about like building pyramids and stuff. But you don't but regret a pyramid. Well, no, these pyramids are just revolting and they're for no purpose. Oh, right. And you're all just like wretches combing a bleak landscape for bricks and like fighting each other for them. And that's, that's it. There's no other currencies in the game. There's no gear to grind for, just bricks. See, for me, Bricks of Regret is, you know, the Tetris board when yeah. you've like botched, uh. you've botched the lower half and you can never get to it. Those are the Bricks of Regret because they're untouchable. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's easy. Then we link the two games. So like there's two people playing Tetris and two teams of 10,000 people playing Bricks of Regret. Right. And if you manage to stack up 100,000 Bricks of Regret in the MMO, you dump an unusable block onto the top of one of the play- the opponent player's Tetris game. It's kind of, you know how like Quidditch was like the worst designed sport ever because it didn't matter what you did so long as someone catches a stupid flying tennis ball. Yeah. It's like that. You've just got, yeah, hundreds of thousands of people toiling in ignominy, like just to minorly inconvenience one player in a game of Tetris. That's gaming, baby. Oh, lovely. Well, I look forward to following Nadine's career after politics. Listener to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. This week is episode 119. It's it's the sort of the best games that should have toys, but don't have toys. Well, like should be toys, you know, like Transformers. And I'm joined this week by Wolf Carlton again. Oh, hello. Play oh, the you hits. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just me, Wolf Carlton. You're going to ride it out until it, it starts being funny and then it starts being really funny again. <laughs> yeah, the old yeah. Stuart Lee approach. Yeah, and what I assume is a typo, the mayor of Toe Town. <laughs> uh, it's perfectly acceptable fetish. <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing more to say on the matter. Okay. <laughs> See, when I read that, I thought it was going to be a mayor who lived in a place called Toton. Like, it sounds like somewhere that could be in, like, Devon. Mm. And then he was annoyed that he was constantly, people are like, what are you, the mayor of Toy Town? And he's like, no, it's Toton. It's like a very different vibe. Oh, hang on. What was, I might have made the wrong gag. What's the typo? Is it? Yeah, it's Toe as in Toad to Away. Something. Yeah. Still Not a perfectly in... acceptable fetish. I really yeah. like tractors. Very good. <laughs> and you're... Quentin Tarantino's making my uh, biography soon very excited well, he's gonna be disappointed when he finds out you've got a trailer fetish instead <laughs> yeah, he, he should be more careful a shakespearean comedy of errors <laughs> anyway oh, really uh, i'm standing in for my brother the mayor of toy town uh, uh, who will of course have to approve uh, all toy making decisions made on this podcast so all right okay fair enough how are you both lads did you have a good platy jubes i i went to a proper a proper platy jubes concert in London and it was like like Brexit Central. <laughs> and I've never really been in one of those environments before. It was like proper people waving British flags. Did you do this against your will? No, my my sister helps organise um concerts. She's like a yeah, musical event organizer. And so I went along, you know, to support 
support her. Not that they needed it. It was absolutely rammed. It was like, but it had big, like, proms energy. And here's an interesting thing with that. Like, you know, the proms is the proms, whatever. It's fine. You know, if you want to wave your flag around, that's okay. I don't really care. But the thing I hadn't realized and isn't picked up in the proms, but you only realize when you're in the room, is how noisy the flags are. Um, (laughs) Because you've got people, in this case, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, you know, a pretty pretty great orchestra full of people who've basically spent their entire lives training on these very complicated instruments in order to play as part of this thing. And people go, oh, you know what would sound better over the top of this? Like the sound of like the sound of 2000 flags wafting is really loud. Um, and it's super distracting because it sets its own like rhythm, you know, and they're trying to watch the conductor and everything. You think they must hate this. Because they can definitely hear this horrible flag sound. I never thought that's... about that. It's horrible. It's like a really unpleasant sound. It's like someone wafting. Well, you like you know, imagine you know thousands of fans wafting in unison. They clack and they make a strange noise. It's you're like, I really like this tune. Shame we have listened to all these goddamn flags instead. I say, I mean, shut I completely... up with your flags. <laughs> totally agree with you, but you have sort of described flags to sound a bit like an eldritch entity from somewhere out of this world. <laughs> they ha- they sound hot. They honestly, they sound horrible. And it, it wasn't until I was in the room, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, of course flags sound like that. That's terrible. So now I hate flags. Oh, well, that's fair good. position, yeah. Yeah. But thanks for, for that update on stuff you hate. What about you, Nate? Did, <laughs> did you go to a zoo or something for your long weekend? Uh, no, no, because I had my um, my big deadline, so I just sat sat inside, oh. smashing out words, um, and occasionally making a goblin car to chill out. I thought you might be amused this week because I've got you know like uh, like car men have those like things on their wall, like plastic boxes full of tiny little drawers to hold all yeah. sorts of different car bits. So I've got one of those to file my various bits. Yeah, it's a little insight into my light life perhaps if i read some of the labels on the boxes go on then so from right to left bear traps signs quivers old bags (laughs) fish chainsaws and friends drip the bone zone money meat ogre saddles bottles pirate adjacent objects earthly vermin Unearthly vermin, fabric rolls, buckets and pails, dangly bits, horns and tusks, big ornaments, more meat. What you just named were the working titles for the Crystal Maze Zones. (laughs) The Earthly Vermin Zone. And to the Meat Zone. A good illustration of how... My mind and Matthew mind, Matthew's mind differ because as you were reading that out, I was like, about 60% of these sound uh, like euphemisms for fannies. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Hanging fabric. <laughs> Big ornaments. traps. Shit's old bags. <laughs> orc, orc saddles. <laughs> Ogre saddles, thank you very much. <laughs> Hobgoblins. Exactly. The bone zone. More meat. The bone zone, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, uh, wow. I'm going to have to rename them all now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I didn't do anything platy-jubesy because it was banned here, obviously. You weren't even allowed to talk about it or you'd be... Thrown into the the bone zone. Thrown into the bone zone. But I did, I enjoyed sort of getting snatches of it. Because uh, I didn't sort of engage with it, I just heard bits about it. So I just got snatches that were like, you know, hologram of the queen, corgi race. My friend sent me a picture of like some women dressed as swans dancing about, and then a big effigy of a blonde woman that like, I'm not entirely sure who it's meant to be, but it's all very like midsummer via um, Harrods. So I hope I hope everyone had a nice weekend doing whatever they were doing. There, there was the something in, intensely pleasurable um, and was satisfying about watching like the absolute <laughs> raw deal of monarchy become fully clear to our Ukrainian housemates 
Um, <laughs> when it started, you know, she had the, the reasonable position that a lot of people have the UK uh, have outside the UK that the monarchy is something picturesque and and largely harmless. I think it was the moment she asked, "Wait, so who's paying for this?" Yeah, um, <laughs> that everything really, really started to come into sharp focus. Yeah, it's always nice watching someone become a Republican in real time. Yeah, my my uh, my partner's brother was like, so it wasn't she wasn't even in the carriage, and I was like, no, it was like a like a screen, like a pretend queen from like when she like you know yeah seventy years ago with her when she was first crowned, right? Yeah, and and he was like, and people and they were still waving at it, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Bit bricks of despair, isn't it? Couldn't get his head around it. She's um, probably been a hologram for years. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I, wouldn't, it. I wouldn't introduce into the you know the public discourse the concept that the Queen can be a hologram because you know a lot of people would think, well, you know, come on. A lot of people think she's already dead, don't they? She's been replaced. Well, yeah. When she was sick, they got they got in a body double. And now maybe they'll confirm she's dead because the, they've done the flatty jubes. That was the big oh, thing. You'd feel rough if you were Charles that the, the the you know the country would rather have a hologram of a queen than like a flesh and blood successor. <laughs> I'd be like, well, nobody, it's a hologram. Really I'd be trying Charles. to make reference to it constantly so people saw through it. <laughs> would, would you like? Would you accept the continuation of the royal family if they all ascended to beings of pure energy? No, because then they'd never stop. No, I think that would be fine because, like, at the moment, they're no different from any other human family. But if they were beings of pure energy, at least then there would be a justification for all the mm. pomp and circumstance because I... they would be unearthly creatures of light. There'd be much less boring commentary on, like, what hats they're wearing. Because they wouldn't be able to wear hats, I'm assuming. <laughs> Maybe they'd have energy hats. This might like be alienating. Uh, <laughs> this might be weird chat. Most of our listeners are American, so they might <laughs> not really know. Oh, yeah, oh. actually, I'm realising that I will add the, 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 the massive caveat that when I said it's great to watch people become Republicans, I meant in the, the non-monarchy sense, not the yeah. American sense. Yeah, we're so that oh, yeah. <laughs> should have prefaced this chat with this explanation first, but the Queen has now been ruling for 70 years. She's been the monarch in the UK, which is the longest reigning monarch we've ever had. And, the, and so the country just lost its nut this weekend. Yeah, we got some days off work, though. Got some days off work. Got well, you did. I didn't because um, I don't live there anymore. But yeah, there was a four-day weekend, so people could like have little parties and that. And that that was that was the platy jubes, the platinum for, jubilee. For three days, the nation truly was one big Shergar's heart squad. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, presumably, lots of commemorative Queen action figures. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, this one's ropey, Bell. <laughs> with, with you know, with corgi for extra and um, hand waving action, you press mm. a little button at the back of her and she'll wave her hand. Yeah, I don't know. I'll allow it. <laughs> little Queen Funko Pop. Oh, the oh. Cavern of Lies is a Funko Pop cavern. Oh, and, oh uh, no. I know it's really difficult because I in in coming up with the fake one I kept going oh that's good and then I'd Google it and then that would already be a Funko Pop so it was quite hard. Um, you think it they just manifest. That's yeah, Funkos. But anyway, yeah, this week we're talking about games that should be toys. So lads, yeah, I don't really know I, why I went for this one, but I misunderstood the brief despite. You very clearly spelling it out in the email. I read like okay. the first bit and went, "Oh yeah, I've got this." And then I okay. read the rest of it before <laughs> doing the podcast and was like, "Oh right, I see." <laughs> okay, so just before we begin, then Matthew, what do you think this is? <laughs> I thought it was what thing objects in games would we like to have as a toy in real life? So you sort of. Well, okay. I, can, I, I I really struggled. The only thing I could come up with, I'll, I'll tell you my pre-plan now, I was going to wing it for the rest of the episode, Okay, right. <laughs> was in the game The Room, I was like, oh, I'd like the puzzle box from The Room as a toy. Right. Okay. <laughs> but we don't, have to, we don't have to investigate that because it's not the theme. We can talk about the theme instead. 
Don't worry, right. I'll carry the rest. So. I've got some. I've come up with some now. In in the in the sort of fifteen minutes of preamble, you were feverishly. Yeah. Okay. Well, in a strange turn of events, then Nate, since you are more prepared this time, <laughs> uh, what what have you come come with? What so, do you want uh, to be made into a toy? I really want Lego sets of Iron Harvest. Um, <laughs> Because Iron Harvest, of course, is the real-time strategy game based on the work of magnificent concept artist Jacob Rosalski, and it's all sort of World War One diesel punk mecha and stuff. And he does these wonderful paintings of like Polish agricultural scenes with sort of seventy-ton smoke belching war engines wandering around in the background, um, and they're they're really good because you know he he paints you know like it's an old days painting of farmers and yeah they've just got these big war lads in and i think they'd make um some really fun lego sets because you could have like a little smiling lady with a pitchfork and a couple of goats uh did you know the lego goat is one of the rarest lego pieces really yeah what, I, I, why? it was only ever in one set i think one of the medieval sets and it had a relatively short distribution lifespan. And the goat's mould, I think, was destroyed thereafter. And there hasn't. Oh. So quite a lot of Lego animals. Um, like if you've ever had a little Lego parrot, like for example, they colour swapped that and it was sold as a raven in a few sets. And it's I think it's been a canary and a couple of other things. But the goat was only ever the goat. See, when yeah. we were kids, my parents were quite down on like heavily themed Lego. They were kind of like Lego are just like the core building bricks, the versatile uh, bricks. Purists. Like, yeah, things like I longed to have things like a pirate island or a castle or whatever, oh. but they had too many bits which could only be on pirate island. Yeah, I just had to build all these very like nondescript sort of multicolored buildings. That's all oh, I could do. Would your parents not allow that maybe a pirate could retire and and <laughs> move think, to a house in the suburbs? I think my my brother at some point had a pirate set, and that definitely like we definitely had some like palm tree fronds in in the mix. But oh, those were solid bits. I like those. Yeah, we made lots of buildings with like palm tree roofs. I remember, but yeah, anything that only had like one use, they were very down on. Because it's like, what can you do with like a freaking R2-D2? It's just an R2-D2, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, that's the magic of, of Lego or any construction thing, really, is finding a way to uh, to warp the purpose of generic things to suit the thing you're trying to make. Um, mm. Over Christmas, I, uh, in a flight of fancy one afternoon, made a Warhammer 40,000 battlecruiser out of my daughter's Duplo, which looked quite good, actually. Uh, but then she wanted it back, which was fair. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no Iron Harvest Lego I think would be would be extremely cool. Would it be like one of the grown-up Lego sets that's like an orchid that you know where they have orchids and birds and and realistic oh, um, cities? No, those turn my stomach for some reason I can't can't really articulate. No, it's you know, all all Lego should be extremely exciting to a 10-year-old, I think. That's fair. That's fair. I was going to also, I, I haven't mentioned Dragon Age for, um, for a an week. hour. <laughs> I made an effort to not bring up Dragon Age on the podcast, but I'm, I, I, so I think I'm allowed to mention it this time, but I'd really like, so in Dragon Age, in the last one, because they've announced what the new one's going to be called. Anyway, I won't go into it now. Um, <laughs> oh, Dreadwolf. Yeah. It, Is yeah. it Bricks of Regret? <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be called Dreadwolf, which is a is a Doctor Who ass name. But um you should have called it like Dark Egg or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but in Dragon Age Inquisition, your home base is a castle that has loads of different layers and it's on a big rock and it has like a garden and it has like a dungeon and different floor and everyone has a little different room and there's battlements and stuff. And I thought that would be a really cool big Lego set. Or oh, yeah. possibly a Playmobil one, because we had a well good medieval Playmobil castle that had a. I never got Playmobil. Me no? neither, Matthew. Playmobil no. is like extreme Lego, because you can't even do it. It's only what it is. It's nothing else beyond that. It's, it's all Lego in between. Because <laughs> you get 
you get like um Lego for simpletons. <laughs> Lego for Nadine Doris. <laughs> I think it's a little it's bit it's like Lego it's like Lego for maybe like children who would choke on Lego. That's what you close for. Without well, building battle cruisers, but yeah. I don't know, but but it's you can like build it in different ways and stuff, and put you know rocks together differently, and hence there is yeah yeah. Oh, okay, um, so there's a little bit of. I think I'm know. against play with Bill because like. My fashion sense and haircut. I've getting, I think I've got big Playmobil man energy. <laughs> like I look like I've been built from some quite like generic components. I think <laughs> Playmobil still exist. Surely, let me have a look. But I, I think that castle would be would be a, mm. a great. The whole it would the be sky cost like called. grand though. What's the? I mean, all Lego costs a lot of money. Yeah, you I know, but that's just, I'm a bit anti-premium Lego because it's, I don't know. I won't but go into Lego- it. You just see a lot of people buying like 500 quid of Lego and then moaning about other stuff and you're like, come on, come on. Licensed Lego costs a lot more than unlicensed Lego. That's why yeah. all the Star Wars kits are dearer. I, if, you know, everyone always says millennials spend too much on avocados. They spend too much on fucking Star Wars Lego. <laughs> That's the take, and that's true. I, uh, as the the resident Warhammer man, I'm just going to stay real quiet. <laughs> right. I spend a lot of money on on yarn for making my little well, things. That's not the yarn's the city, you know. That's perfectly acceptable to spend money on string. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I could give uh, a Playmobil uh, still exists, and I don't know if this will change your feeling about it. But it has a lot of it has like family fun and pirates and all that kind of stuff. But it also oh, Galaxy Police, very good. Um, history, mm. I don't know if that interests you, Nate. But it Our, also um, has Back the to Galaxy the Police f- fall under the A cab ruling, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Back to the Future, Scooby Doo, Star Trek. Oh no, uh, no. Take me back to history. What, what's it got under history? Night Rider. There's an asterisk, official what? asterisk, Playmobil. But he wasn't in history, was he? Well, he was. Well, not really. Okay, hang he on. Was, on well, they haven't put him under the history line. Sorry. No, no. He's He has his own thing. <laughs> but there's, Scooby-Doo for 70s. There's <laughs> Romans. in the 70s. <laughs> there's Romans. There's Romans. There's Viking Fortress, Fairy's Pyramid. What Romans have they got? They've got where well, you could get a set of three Roman soldiers, and you get a Roman tribune. Uh, there's an Ares an with a dog. What? Um, there's a Roman family. They've got an amphora and stuff. Oh, I'm getting some of these for Tally. This is, this is lovely. Achilles and Patroclus with chariot. It's very specific, some of these. See? Three gladiators, okay. Apollo... Athena, wow. they've got a whole range of gods. Ulysses and I'm, and I'm hearing a lot of low numbers, as in you have to buy a huge amount of this stuff before you've got like any kind of Roman scene on the go. Well, I mean, one of the gods costs like three quid kind of thing. So they're oh, not, that's like, okay. So I'm still hung up gods. on the price of toys. I, <laughs> I want to retract that line of thinking. Oh, there's Daedalus and Icarus, and there's a palace on Mount Olympus where you can put all the gods. You know what? I'm not too big to to take it all back. Legos yeah. for simpletons. This is uh, <laughs> this is the real deal. I'm getting a bunch of this. Right. So Lovely. having established that Playmobil is good, I'm thus going to pitch a Playmobil Skyhold from Dragon Age oh, Inquisition. Yeah. There you go. I would like to play a sort of 18 millimeter scale war game of Age of Empires 2, where all the buildings and units in it. <clears throat> are reproduced. Uh, I don't know if 18mm would be the scale. Basically, imagine that a halberdier like, could comfortably lie down on your thumbnail. That's the sort of size I'm talking. And a mill would okay. be about the size of a... Mm, what, what's an object the size of that? Well, it would be about four centimetres long is what I'm saying. Couldn't think of anything in the world that's four centimetres long, apparently. Oh, but, like, I mean, you talk about the cost of Lego, Matthew. The cost of an Age of Empires 2 game set, mm. physical game set, mm. for a war game would be prohibitive, surely. Because <clears throat> you need oh, all yeah. the pieces. I don't know if it's like the, like bringing all these ideas down on the basis of cost is, like, the, the most fun avenue. <laughs> <laughs> 
for, for this discussion. <laughs> How I many... don't want to be that guy. I'm actually feeling quite bad. Like you can spend your. Like, I, I take it back. The Star Wars thing. If you want to buy Star Wars Lego, that's fine. I didn't mean to equate it to people buying avocados, uh, which is also fine. It's your money. You can spend it how you like. I just, I don't want to be one of those people who tells people how they can and can't spend their money. But like, you know, no, I, I feel, no, I'm not going to. It's fine. It's fine. Like, no, no, it's no. fine. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to get that on record. <laughs> Before it's me urging something. people to become Republicans. No, <laughs> I just... I, <laughs> Look, I, so, I, I think going to that concert has rubbed off on me. I, I came out a bit more gallony uh, than I was before, uh, where it's like, you'll never get a mortgage uh, if you buy a Lego Death Star, uh, which I don't look, actually think. <laughs> look, long-time listeners and us and even new-time listeners will know that you're a genial fellow. Yes. And you're, a, you're a nice man. <sighs> despite, that's that's, that's just what all. I wanted to establish. I was in a crisis. <laughs> So anyway, Nate, conservatively, how many pieces would you need, do you think, how many little men and buildings and that for an, so, an Age of Empires 2 war game? So for the starter set, like the box set you'd buy to play with your sister or your uncle or whatever, I reckon you'd need what a town, town centre, 10 houses, mill, economic buildings. So you'd probably probably about... 20 buildings each, and then let's say 10 villagers each and 20 soldiers. I'm trying to work out how many sprues it would go on. Oh uh, like if it was a G-dub, G-dubs kit, I reckon you could comfortably do it as a 120 pound box set with the hmm. rule books and soundtrack on CD. What would be the most desirable individual miniature that people would want to mm. buy to boost this kit? You would definitely sell the castle as like a fifty quid box right. on its own. Okay. Uh, there'd be like the Night Rush ex- expansion box, which would be like uh, more farms because you need more farms, and a, and the gold mine, <laughs> and like a dozen knights. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. And then, oh man, you see, there's no, there are um, characters as well because in the campaigns and stuff, you have special hero units. Mm. And I think it, if we're talking like miniatures that are as you know tall as your thumb is wide, you know obviously you wouldn't sell. You might sell like one as like a, a five pound blister pack, but like I think more likely they'd group them by culture. So you'd have some of the Norman kings, like four or five of them in a, a pretty little box for a tenner, mm. something like that. Because that, that's the way you make money selling war games is to make powerful individuals which don't take much plastic but can command a higher price because people, you know, want them to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. You've made a good case for that. Like, are, you, does, are we I sure this doesn't very, exist already? It's a very thorough business case. Yeah. Microsoft, you know where I live. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> yeah, you ticked a box when you signed up for Xbox Live. <laughs> I've just pl- played enough Age of Empires 2. They've got me on a watch list. <laughs> Matthew, have you... What about... A Lego version of the puzzle box from the room. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me what that does again, though. Well, in in the room. So my big problem with the game, the room, which I love, is that it's actually about an object in the room. I've always thought it should be called the box because you manipulate a box on a table and there you're in a room. But I think the room's role in it is overstated. That's all I'm saying. But. Whatever, that's the, the developer's choice. But they have these very ornate puzzle boxes where you kind of, you sort of prod, you know, it will look like just a cabinet, but then you kind of prod a bit and little secret compartments pop out and it's got these like mechanical kind of kicky bits and you stick tokens that you find in one part into a slot in another part and then the whole thing will kind of open up in this very ornate fashion. As a de- device, I've always thought, oh, highly desirable. But mm. I think you could do a, a, a Lego version. In fact, I'm pretty sure either a mega fan of the series or one of the developers themselves have made a version. You know, there's that site where you can pitch Lego projects. Oh, yeah. There is a one of these for the room. I think it may actually be made by like one of the designers on the team, which is like a, I think it's like a clock or a safe that has like... Th- th- the room energy but in a kind of lego form so oh, that's cool 
Yeah, I think that would work. Unfortunately, you know, I think you've got to get like 10 million supporters or whatever before Lego will even entertain the thought. That's so, cool, though. And you know, anything not not based on the room? Yes. <laughs> do you remember um do you remember those little toy they kind of came in in kind of shells. Uh, I think it was like Mighty Max and Yeah, yeah, and Polly Pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the girl equivalent was Polly Pocket, right? Yeah. And they oh, yeah, were like I them. Yeah, they were like clamshells, but when you opened them up, they had like little dioramas and plastic work. It was like a little world contained within. That kind of extreme miniature approach, it, but within like a contained object, I think you could use. I and mean, you could use it for like all kinds of like top down isometric games, but I was thinking like either like a, a little Western sort of Desperados. Uh, three, I'd really like one of those little Desperados three levels inside a little clamshell. Or a um, Baldur's Gate or something from from like the original game. You know, one of those worlds in extreme tiny detail. Yeah. I think that would, that would be a really cool, desirable, th- especially if you can find like a thematic like shell casing for it. You know, like it's a, you know, like it looks Ooh. like a tome, and when you open it, it's got Baldur's Gate inside or something. Yeah, that's well, really you, good. You could do a range of them for loads of, mm. of famous games. I mean, that's. That's lovely. You could have like um, a little chunky chainsaw gun thing that opened up into Gears of War mm. with your yeah, little boys be behind good. a barricade. And then, because you know, a lot of them were on like split levels yeah, when you right. open them up. So you'd have like all the gribbly locusts on the bottom level. And then, like, was it Marcus and Marcus and the lads on the <laughs> yeah, top? It was Mighty Max. Yeah. It was, it was Muscular God. Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> God, they're so good. I wonder if you can still get them. Oh, Frostpunk would be a great one. Oh, yeah. Because you could have the the thing around the middle and then the little... Yeah, and like orphans carrying like body parts at the bottom or whatever. <laughs> Complete with orphans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really genuinely like this idea. Oh, Polly Pocket's still going as well. I had I had a load of Polly Pockets and I had one that was like an un- it was like a luxury one that was quite big and it was like a big sparkly book like a kind of Disney thing and it was an underwater world and it had like a light switch in it but like it the design was balked because like when you closed it it would flick the light switch on and then any battery you put in it wore down immediately because <laughs> it would just oh. be on if you closed it. These things they maybe had like an hour of play in the max because they didn't really change. You know they were just fixed things, but they were so desirable. I remember. I think my little brother had a. It was. I think it was like a big. I think there was like a big sort of skull mountain for Mighty Max. It was like yeah. where his, like and it all opened up and it had like a little elevator inside and you can't change it. Like it is what it is. But man alive. It looked exciting when you unwrapped it, you know? Ah, oh, they were great. We had a Mighty Max that was like an ancient, like it was a mummy, uh, but it was like a like a kind of like uh, Universal Studios kind of ancient Egypt thing that had like a mummy and a scorpion and stuff. And it was oh, inside nice. like a uh, like a big snake, like the thing was a coiled snake that you opened up. Oh, it's really oh. good. Let's just talk about Mighty Max now. <laughs> Yeah, this is really genuinely giving me a big hit of nostalgia. That's lovely. I'm going to buy a load of Mighty Max off eBay. Well, let, let me throw um, a new paradigm into the Synergy box. Uh, what about, you know, like action board games mm. that were advertised? I don't know if they're still a thing, but I remember them there being a huge thing in the early 90s, and there'd be like, a mind-hurtingly dense 25-second advert with a man shouting like about what this game did, and it would essentially be snakes and f***ing ladders, but <laughs> there'd be like a big like plastic hippo with boxing gloves in the middle, and slime would come out of his eyes or something, and it would be called like Big Slimy Boxer! Yeah. you're the big slimy boxer collect the treasures with your friends but watch out one false move and it's biff boff slop like you know that that kind of thing yeah, yeah. and you'd get the game and it would be rubbish to play and the central feature would break <laughs> almost instantly uh at what game would you do Oh, so you want you want something which has got you want something which has got like an aggro mechanic or like a an enemy which you can like awaken in some way. Diablo? Yeah, maybe more like you want something where it's like probably a bit more survival like, horror-y. Like, oh you uh, can go near this thing and if it hears you, it'll go ballistic. Or like uh, XCOM, like if, if a yeah. the alien spots you. 
you know, like what? A sort of, almost like a sort of slend, like a sort of slender manny type thing, or a um. Oh God, I hate saying it. Five Nights at Freddy's would actually be yeah, pretty good. Or like, or what about like the? Oh, what's the one where, where you go mad if you look at it? What's that called? Age of Empires um, Two. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's just you. Amnesia. <laughs> Amnesia. That kind of thing. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm trying to think of games with like a big, like horrifying antagonist that can come for you at. Oh, well, like um, the Resident Evil games with the various brutes that chase oh. after you. <laughs> the nemesis from Resident Evil 3 or the Tyrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. That'd X and cool. 2. And you could have like lots of slime in that as well, because slime's very important for these things. M- Mr. X has, uh, in, in 2, he has like a little... Um, he's got a little funny hat, hasn't he? Has he got like a yeah. fedora on, I think? You could have a thing where it's like a Mr. X head and it's got like tons of fedoras and you have to take them off. And it's like, who can take the most fedoras off without like, I don't know, get, <laughs> awaking the ire of, of Mr. Okay. X? I see you're thinking of a sort of a pop-up pirate. Oh, yeah, I was Buckaroo thinking of a pop-up pirate. Yeah, that's kind of the idea I was going for. I like that. We had this one where it was like a crocodile, and you were like pulling teeth out of its gob. <laughs> crocodile and, dentist, yeah. Yeah, and then it would snap shut on you if, yeah, if you pulled out the wrong tooth. But like the idea of like you win if you can just wrench all his teeth out of a crocodile is kind of... Kind of grim and unpleasant. Always wanted to do a game called Albatross Dentist, which would have like really exciting box art. Then you opened it up and there was just a script of parchment saying, Albatrosses do not have teeth, you fool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Your work is already done. (laughs) Um, What about something? Because like my original premise with this was like a. A game that you could like, you know how like Transformers was essentially an advert for a range of toys, right? Because I like, I think you could do that with Overwatch, for example. They are all essentially action figures, are they not? That you smash together in the game, and they've done kind of everything else. They've got their little shorts and they've got little comics and whatever for them. So why not just make some proper action figures that like have bits that fly off? You know that they fire little rockets and that. Oh, you could have like um, like Roadhog's hook would be really yeah, good exactly. to say press a button to make it fly off and then wind it back in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's sick, actually. Yeah, that's good. They must have they must have done like statuettes and things. Yeah, but that's not you know. No, you want the actions. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. why they're called action figures. And you could because they've got all of their endlessly repeated lines as well. And exactly. You, you press, press a button. button it could say then. Mm. Do you not think, Matthew? You sound unconvinced. Yeah, I was trying to think. I, I was not. I wasn't really into action figures as a kid. The appeal of them is slightly lost on me. I'm just trying to think of like if there's anything I'd want because I know every time we talk about Matthew's, like about childhood, <laughs> Matthew reveals like something slightly bleak about how he wasn't allowed to have fun as a child. We weren't allowed to have. Um, my mum wouldn't buy me Boglins um, when everyone was getting into Boglins, and instead of like. It being known that like I wasn't allowed Boglins, uh, I said I didn't want Boglins. And set up an anti-Boglins <laughs> gang. Oh, Matthew! <laughs> uh, my respect for you just leapt. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you know, you just gotta kind of take well, control I, I, of the narrative, don't you? <laughs> I when, you when you're ten. <laughs> Boglins scared the crap out of me, and I'll tell you a little secret, they still do. I hate their faces. I, they just make me, they give me the willies. I never possessed a Boglin. I felt really uncomfortable when round my friend's house who did have them. I'm glad they're a thing of the past, to be honest. So they smell so rubbery and unpleasant, and they shed like rubber everywhere. They're just really unholy things. Really didn't, oh, I hate Boglins. Oh well, we you would do... have been—you would have been a prime member of my gang. <laughs> is your we gang should do still t-shirts that are like anti-boxing <laughs> gang? Still active. Oh, I mean, I mean, it can easily be brought back. You want to get the gang back together for one last period of disliking <laughs> Boglins? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Boglins. Maybe we should head down into the cabin of lies <laughs> to get away from this Boglin chat. Yeah, yes. too right. There'd be no Boglins down there. <laughs> Yuck. The cavern of lies. All right, welcome to my cavern, which, as you can see, this week is a a toy store that sells only 
Funko Pops. You've walked in and it's just just shelves and walls lined with these tiny little square cuboid boxes, each one holding a pair of blank, dark eyes staring out at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've Whoa. got I've got a shipment of rare video game Funkos in. Ugh. But one of them's a fake and I need you to rootle it out. Just one. Just the one. Just the one. As I said, it was quite difficult to come up with an idea that Funko Pop had not made into a Funko Pop. This is a fascinating one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, first off, it's Leroy Jenkins from okay. uh, from Wildcraft. I guess technically didn't used to be a Blizzard property. I wonder how that deal was he- struck. Well, they made... Um... But there's a card of him in Hearthstone, so presumably at that point it became Blizzard IP. Yeah, I guess he sort of always was Blizzard IP in that he was made of Blizzard bits, wasn't he? Just just the name, maybe. The, anyway, it's Leroy Jenkins, uh, the meme paladin who, <laughs> like 17 years ago now, yelled Leroy Jenkins. Um, so it's a little... It's a little rectangular headed fellow with a, a grey beard and he's got gold and blue armour and he's got a sword in one hand and I, I guess a chicken drumstick in the other and he's got Does a he red tabard any, any iconography on his tabard? Uh, it's a heart, he's got a pink heart on his tabard okay. Interesting uh, mm. Next up, it's Butt Stallion from Borderlands how do you do a Funko horse? Well, it's like a horse, but it's like it's not got a big. They're humanoid, sound. aren't they? Yeah, I thought the point was they're all exactly the <laughs> same, like shape. Well, they're the same. It's the same dimensions. Like it's got it's got a squat little cuboid head, and it's is got... it as if the horse was sitting on its rear end like a teddy bear kind of thing? No, uh, but standing is is rearing up. So it's it's standing on its hind legs and then it's got its two front legs sort of in the like pawing the air position. Whoa, that's um, quite advanced for a Funko. And it it's got um but Stallion's wearing a crown and it has a, a mane that's sort of blue and then fades to like d- dark purple at the ends and has eyelashes. I mean and it's cuz but Stallion's made of diamond so it's sort of angular. Like oh, it doesn't like, have smooth edges. It's so like, it's like from, from made from cut glass or something. Kind, well, yeah, but it's like still plastic. Is it like a, a one of those ashtrays you get? You know, you get those big <laughs> cut glass ashtrays. Uh, yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks like it's made of polygons, kind of. I guess. Okay, I mean, it's definitely the right kind of meme territory. The kind of person who would like the concept of butt stallion is the kind of person who would buy a Funko. <laughs> Yeah, AKA an imbecile. <laughs> the big pro- the big problem here is that it, <laughs> it deviates in my mind from what I thought was the point of Funko Pops, but maybe that's the um them all being morphologically near identical. But perhaps that's perhaps it's bait. What what else we got in the cabinet? Next we've got Evil Cuphead that is it was New York Comic Con exclusive Funko Pop. And it's like Cuphead, but like he's smiling, but he's got he's leaning to one side, and his Cuphead is full of flames, and he's taken his straw out and is holding it, and he's got kind of his eyes are a black with like a red s- circle in them, and he's got pointy teeth. Devilish indeed. Yeah. So he's he's Cuphead, but he's evil Cuphead. I, again. That sounds like prime Funko territory. For number four, mm-hmm. it's uh, Don't Starve Pop uh, of Wilson, who's like the first character you can play as in Don't Starve, with Chester. So it's it's the Funko of the the guy from Don't Starve. And it's like, he's. It, do you know what? Nice detail work, because he's even got like the dark circles under his eyes. And his big three-pronged hairstyle, he's holding like a little torch. And then he's got the little kind of furry chest with horns with a tongue sticking out. Little sidekick. I quite like Chester. And this comes with an exclusive Tesla coil lantern skin card. 
So if you buy it, then you get that in the game. Oh, man. These are all so feasible. (laughs) Finally, it's the Five Nights at Freddy's Springtrap Pop. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one of the animatronics for Five Nights at Freddy's when it's all evil and kind of a bit falling apart. And you can see the wires and stuff poking out. It's pretty creepy. I wouldn't want to have this actually looking at me on the old shelf. Is it it's, grimmer than a boglin? I mean, I would say yes, but then mm. I didn't really have a problem with boglins. Um, <laughs> it's got one ear kind of half missing. It's got like, again, it's got this the pop kind of head and round eyes, but it's got a bit of a snout. And uh, it's got kind of flat little metal feet. Yeah. What's, to, it, uh, what's it called again? Spring trap pop. Wh- what manner of beast is it? I think it's the bear. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that just Freddy? Uh, well, I, there, there's about a billion characters, as we know from the Five Nights know. at Freddy's I'm, book club. So it looks like a bear to me. It looks like the bear. I thought Freddy was the owner of the establishment, and the bear was just, or maybe, oh, I don't know. The actually, the bear was the scientist. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what a lineup. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've got Leroy Jenkins, we've got Burt Stallion, we've got Evil Cuphead, a New York Comic Con exclusive, we've got the Don't Starve guy with Chester, we've got the Five Nights at Freddy's Spring Trap Pop. So once again, me and uh, Matthew are in a sop with camel shot full of holes, <laughs> leaking its last <laughs> gallon of fuel while the Red Baron circles us laughing. Mm. It's very difficult because they are all—they're all perfectly trash culture. It's a—it's a tough one, and I tell you, like I didn't think it was gonna—I didn't intend it to be this tough, but I genuinely—I was like, oh, I'll do Ninja from you know Ninja the Streamer, uh, but no, he is a Fortnite Funko Pop, and then I was like, oh, oh I'll do what you call it from World of Warcraft, or I'll do thingy from dishonored like it's all they're all there now i mean i feel like i'm just gonna look like the biggest idiot of all time if i disqualify the horse on the basis of being a horse (laughs) (laughs) because other than that is the most believable one of the bunch i think that has to be real there i just cannot see like a world in which funko exists that gearbox haven't forced them to make a butt stallion funko like the, most surprising thing, <laughs> the most surprising thing about the Butt Stallion and Funko is that it only came out this year. I think I think that has to be real. It's just two I've, two planets have never so perfectly aligned. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, by that logic, Leroy Jenkins is a seventeen-year-old meme, but it's still being milked, isn't it? So that's well, the one I, that's the one I struggle with because I don't think it has like a fit. Uh, you know. In my head, I can't see it really. Like he doesn't have a. Does he have an agreed physical embodiment now? Yes. Yeah. Mm. That is. Alice has described it. Yeah. So yeah. And also, Blizzard are definitely still milking the meme because yeah. he was included in Hearthstone Battlegrounds only I th- this year. I think. I think I've. I've definitely seen a Cuphead range of Funko. That's real. But Stalin all we're ascertaining, is... unfortunately, is that they're all completely believable. <laughs> it's, yeah. I know. It's, I, like, honestly, when I started... Because originally I was like, I'll do toys. And then I was like, oh, there's loads of Funkos. And I was like, oh, I'll just do Funkos. And, and, but the galaxy of Funko Pop is terrifying. Like, they've done a Funko Pop of, like, the crocodile Loki from the Loki TV show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm I'm in psychic distress. I the only thing it could be is if the there is a Cuphead range, but there isn't actually a Devil Cuphead Funko. That, Have you played Cuphead? Is is that character? Well, there's sort of devilish stuff in it. But, um, yeah, but that's the devil. Well, yeah, he's but, the I, but he but like Cuphead has like a he has a devilish streak to him. He's he's not you know so he's in, like one of those old bad cartoons where they're a little bit like questionable. It, just so that you have all the information, I will correct you. And it's, it says "evil Cuphead." It's evil not Cuphead. Devil Cuphead. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that oh, changes okay. how you feel about the pop. Uh, I, 
it's for me it's between that one and Leroy Jenkins. I, I wonder if because Alice knows that I've got a deeper knowledge of minor blizzard characters <laughs> than I'd like because of my on off hearthstone addiction that I might feel too safe in Leroy Jenkins. She Alice often brings up Warcraft stuff. Like that that's a part of her brain I think she kind of naturally goes to for for Cavern of Lies a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a game that I have played quite a lot of, but also not recently. So it's it is in there. Leroy Jenkins is an old meme. It 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 was seventeen years old this year. Just list them all once more for me, Alice. (laughs) It's Leroy Jenkins, uh, the Borderlands Butt Stallion, (laughs) Cuphead, Evil Cuphead, New York Comic Con exclusive, Don't Starve, Wilson with Chester. And Five Nights at Freddy's Spring... I only said Springbok. Springtrap. It's like a really cursed remake of The Usual Suspects. The five of them. <laughs> oh, we haven't really discussed Wilson. I, that one That one to me is just... It's, it's, it's so... Obs- I know it's mainstream, but it's so obscure that someone would have a toy of that. I think it has to be real. I don't think you'd try and pass that one off as the real one. Like, But then it had that... You know, extra convincing detail about the Tesla in-game There's thing. All that, yeah, I mean, but Alice... that sounds like it's a thing. But Alice has repurposed for a <laughs> lie. I don't know. Do you know what? I'm you know I'm going to turn off the targeting computer on this up with Camel, <laughs> and my uncle's ghost is going to whisper to me to use the force, and I'm going to fire the machine gun at. I'm sorry, this is now a World War One air combat metaphor. Um, yeah, we fired the machine gun at Wilson. <laughs> We're sort of both. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Lego Star Wars up with Cap. Yeah, okay, yeah. So who, which Matthew so, disappears of co-piloting. Yeah. So, who, so who are you taking out? Wilson. I've just vibes. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm going to shoot Leroy Jenkins. All right. Uh... So, you take aim. Uh, I guess you each have a a mounted machine gun (laughs) on the plane. You hit your Funkos at the same time, and there is a a huge explosion that takes one of you out. The other has survived because you you shot a a fake, and the bullets went right through. I rigged the Funko bots with explosions, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that happened, yeah. And as as the the Lego plane kind of disintegrates in midair and, and crashes, one of you crawls from the piles of bricks and rolls over onto your back to look at the sky. And and, and it's Matthew because Leroy Jenkins was fake. Oh. <laughs> the Baron gets me again. <laughs> I thought. Ah. For, I thought for a sec, I was like, oh no, I've given myself away because I said I, I tried to come up with a fake Warcraft one. I actually, I spotted the bait. Mm. Oh, screw you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> it was Funko Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. It was with his lifeless eyes just <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> just rips off his mask to reveal he was a boggling all along. <laughs> Well played. I'll get you next time. Yeah, quick. Clear the battlefield before I come back and strafe the place with my bullets again. Thank you very much for playing my fiendish Cavern of Funko Pop. There are honestly more Funko Pops than there are stars in the sky. Really cursed. At this point. All that remains now is for us to do recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So, Matthew, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I am recommending uh, the new season of Danish political drama Borgen, which I absolutely loved in the early 2010s. It finished with season three. It has now been brought back 10 years later uh, by Netflix. Uh, well, actually, I think it was on TV in Denmark and Netflix just bought the rights to it. I don't think it is a Netflix original, if we're, if we're being technical about it. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't we? I always loved this. It was about the, the, the original series is about um, this politician who sort of not accidentally, but she, she ends up basically becoming prime minister in a, in a coalition government, like completely unexpectedly. And it's about 
kind of like her trying to sort of navigate the power and the balance of having a family and like this series has like moved on where she's sort of like lost a lot of stuff and it it, it's it's a really really like elegant look at like a new set of problems for like a slightly older character i think it actually does the real world politics like it's fictional stories are embedded in real world like events in like a really neat way and it's just full of all these cool danish people who it's just nice to see them not murdering each other. Very good. Like in crime uh, dramas. I'm not saying they've got like a high murder rate or anything. <laughs> they've got a high fictional murder rate. They have well, got I mean, a high fictional. You know, count the ninth century, they were pretty up on murder. But, right. You know. Well, I'm not, yeah, well, I'm not referring to that. This <laughs> <laughs> is uh, lovely. Um, I'm going to recommend, I, you know, at the start of the podcast, I was like, did Matthew recommend this? Maybe. Did you recommend Yellow Jackets at any point, Matthew? Maybe. I did like it, but I can't remember. Well, I'm going to recommend Yellow Jackets, which I just started watching, which is a sort of thriller, mystery, suspense TV show. And it's about a team of like teen, like high, it's a high school girls football, like soccer team. And on the way to their like championship match, they crash in like a Washington or, you know, some kind of unhospitable pine foresty wilderness and it's and it it goes all lord of the flies basically and then it's the but the tv show is split between the what's happening in the past in like 1996 where all these girls are crashed and then the present where a bunch of them who survived are trying to get on with life now uh but they're all kind of a bit screwed up and someone's blackmailing them and stuff so it's yeah it's a good kind of i'm on a kick at the moment of really enjoying uh tv shows that are a bit like lost where you can go oh oh what does that mean what's yeah. gonna happen and it all ends on a cliffhanger and stuff so and presumably it does lots of sort of head mashing to try and sort of keep you guessing as to who survived right Yes, like, exactly. Oh, are they yeah. not in the present storyline because they got, you know, eaten as burgers? Or are they just on holiday? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you don't know Good. who survived and who didn't. Good 90s so. period detail as well in the flashbacks. Yeah. Good 90s music as well. Yeah. I'm glad really that we've got into the phase where like 90s is now period drama. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nate, what are you recommending this week? Uh, so since I was thinking about Lego, the goat fact. I picked up from occasionally watching random Lego videos on YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of dross out there, but a good channel uh, is Brick Experiment Channel. Okay. Uh, which is just someone who does experiments with Lego gears to just find mechanical extremes. I watched an astonishing the vid- video the other day where he used Lego motors and Lego gears to twist and snap a steel axle. Oh, wow. Um, like, the, it genuinely, it will teach you a lot about physics. And yeah, it's, it's just, they're not, you know, massively long. There's no talking. Uh, it's quite relaxing viewing. Brick Experiment Channel. Lovely stuff. Um, well, thank you, listener, for bearing with us this week as I, Wolf Carlton, and the mayor of Toe Town uh, talked about toys. This was uh, the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast that you need, in my opinion. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter if you just search Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, we've got lots of lovely Jeff Keighley Summer of Games coverage coming up, obviously, this weekend. So look out for that. Um, because to find the website, you just need to go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. And if you want more podcast stuff, uh, you can subscribe to our support program where you will get an extra podcast with us three uh every month, uh, where Nate tells us animal facts usually. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can also join the Discord and hang out and chat with other pod fans other members of Shergar's heart squad uh, or check out the merch store to uh, wear your cavern of lies t-shirt with pride but for now and until next week it's goodbye for me it's goodbye from wolf colton goodbye still backstoryless wolf <laughs> what a, a terrible life uh, and it's goodbye from the mayor of toe town mm, delicious tractors <laughs> oh goodbye bye <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Didn't you used to work in the House of Commons? (laughs) (laughs) Wait!